Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. So I'm not sure where to begin this Veterans Day because I have someone on the show today that probably we will need to have two hours, but I know we only have about 30 minutes. So let me just kind of set it up really quickly because I think he needs to just tell his story. Clint (laughs) Bruce is with me today. And Clint, oh my goodness, besides being an NFL player uh, with the Ravens, being a Navy SEAL, Uh, being an entrepreneur of two companies, traveling all over the world now speaking, uh, very much into all of the aspects of veterans Mm. and our need for veteran help and so forth. I just want to stop and say welcome, Clint. Hey, thank you. (laughs) It's exciting to be here. It's exciting to have you. He just got off the plane. Yeah. And um, New Orleans always has a surprise for you. I bet. Plan plus New Orleans equals chaos. <laughs> but you're is, here. Yeah, I'm here. You're we here. made it. You know, I have uh, watched all, uh, well, not all because you have many, but I've watched your videos, many of them, and I've seen the aspects of what you talk about mm. in terms of leadership, in terms of just being the best person you can be. I just want to start by asking you, tell us the story from the beginning, Clint, like that one video where you talk about um, in high school yeah. and being a football player and what your dad meant to you yeah. and when he passed, you yeah. were in high school. Yes. Take it from there, yeah. your so, story. So, yeah, we, we, I was born in Arkansas and, and I moved down to Dallas in middle school, played football at South Carolina High School, had a, a part of an amazing team. Um, you know, football for me was kind of like this love uh, affair where I loved it more than it loved me for a long time. And um, I was easily the, probably the greatest scout team player in South Carolina football history and, and played every position on the field. And I think my, my time on the scout team really did have an impact on my eventual success as a player because I had so many repetitions at so many different positions. And I had uh, just became very intuitive with the game as a function of exposure and participation. But I remember a conversation with my father where he was just like, hey, listen, um, the difference between you being a starter and you being a scout team player, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with being a scout player as a decision. Are you content to be a scout team player? Because if a you scout are, keep team doing it. Yeah, just so you know, a contributor on the weekdays, but not on the on the game nights. Thank and you. Um, and so it was just a shift in mentality to where I wanted to be out there and I wanted to play. And it's and it's kind of a funny story. The uh, first snap I ever really started, I, I played in a game was halfway through my junior season because one guy got hurt, another guy got uh, kicked off the team, and we were up by quite a bit. And so my, my position coach who put me in wouldn't actually make eye contact with a head coach. He's like, I'm going to get fired if he knows I'm putting Clint in. 
and it's up in the stands, and my father would go and film all these other people's kids, and they go, Richard Clinton, Clinton, and you hear it on camera. My dad's like, Clint's not in; he's never in. Like, I come <laughs> here, I film y'all's kids, and then I, you know, sack made by Clint Bruce, and and I had you know a year and a half of, of him being able to watch me play, and then uh, like I said, he he went in the hospital um, for good in January of my senior year. Mm. And then passed away in June. Mm. And as I was going through the courtship process with these different colleges, I was very fortunate to play at a great school. And we had amazing coaches, you know, Don Poe, Mike Sesson, uh, Mike Long, uh, Charlie Cantrell. There's just, just, the list goes on. And a lot of them are still coaching right now. Um, amazing guys, Baccarini and, and um, uh, um, Cedric Mack. I and mean, it's just, I always get nervous when I start naming my coaches because I don't want to miss any. <laughs> you know what? I, I knew you were going to do that. I, love, I don't want to miss it. I any. love them so much. And um, <laughs> they're heavily influential. Uh, so I, I, had a, I had a really good program. And I remember talking to my father in, in Medical City. And he said, Hey, son, you have to make a 40 year decision, not a four year decision. Um, you need to make a, four a 40 year, year decision. 40 year, not, not a four, four year, year decision. Good because advice. Because he, he told me one time, uh, my dad used to say there's two kinds of people in the world, but it would change every time. So there's like 38 kind of people in the world, but he was a big guy, so I never questioned him on the math. And, uh, <laughs> and um, he would say, and probably one of the most profound ones is he would tell me is like, son, there's two kinds of men in the world. People that walk in a room and say, here I am, and men that walk in a room and say, there you are. And I want you to be a there you are kind of man, because they didn't need to know the someone's oh, been looking that. for you. Oh, I love that. That's great. So I've always tried to abide by that, and, 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 I, and I watch that be true, and I love that about him, and I try to be that myself. Um, but one of the other things he told me was, son, leaders, leaders talk about what they don't want to talk about. They say what they don't want to say. They do what they don't want to do, and they hear what they don't want to hear. And that's what makes them leaders. And he just committed to fighting his illness. He's like, there's no part of me that is not going to fight to win. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the medical staff there was amazing, and they did everything they could because as an older son, you have to consider a scenario where, where I don't make it, mm-hmm. and you got to take care of the family. And so for me, the Naval Academy, <clears throat> I just always loved that Army-Navy game. I, I always thought it was special. Mm-hmm. I always thought the players were special. Um, my dad had served in the Army in, in Vietnam as a, as a, as a uh, military policeman. And, and um, <clears throat> I was asked about that by, I think it was ESPN or CBS Sports one time, about the Army-Navy game. And they said, where does it fall in a in 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 list of rivals? I'm like, well, what do you think? And they kind of listed, you know, Texas OU and Ohio State and Michigan and Florida. And, and I, lo- I said, listen, those are great games. I love those games. But Army-Navy stands apart. And they're like, why do you say that? And they kind of dismissively. And I said, well, you show me a ga- another game where everyone playing is willing to die for everybody watching. And I'll tell you that we have company. Mm. And it was just a because it's the truth, and I wanted to be a part of that. I've always been, what I loved so much about the game was the absolute requirement to play as hard as you possibly can at great physical toll for the people next to you and the people watching you. I love the sacrificial, brutal, violent element of football because it puts you in a position where you had to do what you said or the world was going to know. Like, and that led to the seals, the words, same thing. Yeah, for me, it comes down to words, work, and wins. Like the most important thing is don't don't leave your effort at words. Like put those words to work. And mm-hmm. serendipity has a lot more to success than most people think, right? But the most important thing is don't stop at words. Like put it to work. And so went to the Naval Academy and was part of a resurgence there. Had an amazing staff uh, that I still stay in touch with. They teammates that um, I love. I mean, they they are they are my closest friends to date. Um, 
you know, when you play at a service academy, you know, a lot of people at the school's like, hey, play like your life depends on it. And, but when we say that, it's true. Yeah. And, you know, you end up fighting next to and alongside um, your teammates and then the guys you played against at, at West Point and Air Force. And it's just a very unique, you know, when I see Chad Hennings now, when I see, you know, Ryan and Makeda, when I see some of these uh, great players from the other services, Bo Morgan, you know, it's just this instant. Of, we know something about each other that a lot of other players don't get to know about themselves. My little brother played at Oklahoma State, and he would tell you he's 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 envious of uh, the relationship that I have with my teammates, right? So, and then and then was picked up by the Baltimore Ravens, and no one knows that because I played the same position as Ray Lewis. And he's he's pretty good. He's, he's, I'm ready to practice one day. Going, ah, it might be easier to be a Navy SEAL than to beat out Ray Lewis. So, so I did. So I, I left and I did that. And and I was just, you know, for me, I was I knew I could play ball. I, I knew I could get to the NFL. I didn't know if I could stay at the NFL, but I had no idea if I could become a SEAL. Mm. And I just kind of feel called to go where I don't know. And I, I couldn't imagine a scenario where I hurt my knee playing pro football and didn't get to pursue this thing and, 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 and took an opportunity from somebody else at the Naval Academy. So for me, it was, it was really easy to leave the game. Hmm. And then made it through training, came back out to the Saints in 1999 briefly, and then just went back into the SEAL team's full throttle after that. So, What kind of person is the typical SEAL? You know, that, that's a really hard question to answer, which is, which is one of the things I, I, I think a lot of our strength is in our diversity. You know, if you line up 200 people lining up in class and try to pick them based on what you know about their story or mm -hmm. what you can perceive about their physicality, mm -hmm. you're going to be wrong a lot of the time, right? Um, what, what training does is it reveals things about yourself to other people and maybe even to yourself, right? And so we have tremendous diversity in size and, and story and all these other things, but you have this absolute conviction that you're almost going to do this or die. I mean, it's just mm. kind of like T.E. Lawrence, who we all know is a Lawrence Arabia, once said, an opinion could be argued with, but a conviction is best shot. Because it is not your opinion that you're going to be a Navy SEAL. It has to be a conviction. Because mm -hmm. you won't make it if it's your opinion, yeah. right? And so there's tremendous diversity. There's, there's uh, guys that come from incredibly successful families, and uh, yet they enlist. They kind of forsake that wealth so they can go pursue this thing. And you have guys that came out of poverty to, to go into it. You have Naval Academy graduates. You have other colleges you have um this tremendous diversity uh of person but this total uh uh common on the clarity of why you're there because if you don't you won't make it so clint that that's a great um leads to a great uh, conversation i'd like to have about what is it in being in the armed services mm -hmm. that it called you to be who did it call you to be? Well, I tell you, you know, I, I get asked that question like, hey, what did you learn in the SEAL teams? What did you learn in the military? And, and, and my answer is maybe a little bit different than what most people would think. I, I don't know that I learned. I learned a lot of techniques and tactics and sure. all these other things. But what I really learned in the military was that everything my family and football and my faith had taught me was true. For me, my military service and the, and the special operations community, it was a proving ground more than it was a, a classroom, right? Because um, I'd been blessed to be around. Like, even after I lost my father, I was just surrounded by these amazing men and women who just knew about leading. And, and you go to the Naval Academy, you're surrounded by men and women who are highly decorated practitioners of this thing we call leading, right? And I knew what I didn't know, so I would just learn as much from them as I could. And in, in, in the special operations screen in my career, what I found was I learned that everything that the people who love me most taught me was true. 
is, is really what it was. It was example. It was, it was, yeah, it was, you know, these these intangibles that, uh, you know, it's, I just, and it's funny as I kind of dove more into scripture as I got older to see how much wisdom from my coaches came out of scripture. And like, like I love Galatians six nine is like the chopping wood verse for me. It's like, do not go where you're doing what was right in a time where you're harvesting benefit. Okay, now wait, say that slower. So Galatians six nine. Okay. Do not grow weary of doing what is right okay. in a time you'll reap a harvest and a benefit. Right. So my they coach, do Don right. Poe, in high school, used to say, do what's right because it's right till it feels right, which is like the Texas, if there was a Texas football version, uh-huh. like a TFV instead of NIV or NET, like a Texas football version, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Yep. And, and so for me, it was a, a, it was a proving ground, a no-fail, zero-margin-for-error proving ground of, hey, are these things right? And what I get to do now is just share with people kind of what I've learned to be true on the ball field, on the battlefield, in the boardroom, and at the breakfast table as Amy and I try to uh, lead our girls um, to, to, to the truth that we know. Um, so for me, it's, it's you know, I, I, I learned to love that's what I, which I'd always loved even more because your life depended on it. Mm. Right. Amy, your wife, yeah. and you have three daughters. Three Let's daughters. stay on learning for a sure, minute. Sure. Have you learned anything from man, those women in your life? You, you can learn a lot about being a man from a woman. <laughs> and, 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 and Thank just, you for that. No, it's true. I mean, <laughs> listen, you look at this era of great leaders. I get to spend a lot of time in the NFL and in, in college and in, in, in pro sports visiting with these athletes. And the number of athletes that are raised by single moms is, 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 is stunning. Stunning um, is right. But you see the quality of character and the quality of man and the community leader and the impact person. And um, you, there's, a, there's a reason you see in this kind of dive in the number of instances involving pro players, right? And mm-hmm. the number of instances is very small compared to the number of pro athletes. And then when you look at how many of those were raised by a single mom or a grandma, I mean, women can teach you so much about being a man. And then, and then we can teach each other about life. But I, I've learned... I've learned so much from my girls, like my, my youngest Sutton, you know, I just, um, she's 10, she's 10 and she is, she is in charge. And, and, and I, I, what I love from Sutton is the, it reminded me that there's always a place for just sheer grit and ferocity. <laughs> I'm just, if you want it, you go get it right. And, and, Lily, and Lily Claire, who's, who's my middle, she's a very gifted athlete. And, and I watch her compete with like this cerebral thing and this kind of mastery. And she really is committed to her craft. And so I, I'm reminded of what it takes to be committed to your craft by watching her with her repetitions on the skills. And then my oldest, Maddie, what I love about Maddie is her love for life and everyone around her has reminded me the courage it takes to do that. Mm. It, 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 it requires such courage to be willing to be wrong about people for the period that you have them. And you just love them. And, and, and if they're going to hurt you, they're going to hurt you. But um, she lives life with this level of goodwill and... Um, hope mm. that is uh, redemptive for me as a guy who's seen a lot of other things and then my wife man my bride has taught me more just about resolve i mean she is just a resolved woman and she is uh um you know watching her every morning in the word and and, and just she, for me she's kind of a she embodies a lot of galatians 6 9 do not go where you're doing what's right and, time, and i was like every once i was like hey could you not be like right all the time like it's making me feel really bad about me <laughs> like like you know i just in in and so i've learned so much from them and, and i've relearned 
uh, so much from them. So it's it's like class every time I go home in a lot of ways, right? And, and it, so it's fun. I'm a very, very fortunate man. You ought to write a book on the lessons learned. Yeah. And you told me earlier, Clint, about Amy saying something really powerful. I wrote it down just before the show when Amy was talking about leadership. Yeah. You're, we're taking it to the leadership yeah, lesson yeah, yeah. here. but. Tell us about being an archer yeah. or an arrow yeah, and how so that affects. This, it, it, her wisdom is, 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 is really remarkable. And, and I think anybody who kind of did these spectacular things would tell you they miss them. Like miss jumping out of planes, missing being with the guys, missing, you know, Friday night lights or Saturday night lights, whatever it is, right? And because you assign a lot of your value to that. So when you don't have those things reaffirming your value, you begin to wonder what value you have. And I was going through a mm. season like that. Out and of the out, out, of, out of the military, and then and then even as an transition. athlete, because what I thought I thought that I had transitioned as an athlete when mm. I became a SEAL, a special operations officer, and what I realized is I I, I really didn't. I just kind of upgraded, right? Mm. So all of a sudden I'm in my early 30s, and I'm no longer an athlete. I'm no longer an operator. Oh. So I was kind of grieving and mourning both of those at the same time, and and didn't even really realize it. I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't. Uh, I, was, I was still pretty apprehensive about letting people know I didn't have it all figured it out, right? Because mm. I've, I've, I've kind of been that guy that just don't they, tell they, anyone they for it. heaven's yeah, hey, man, sakes, I got it, right? And, and sometimes you don't really have time. You don't have time to slow down and go, man, do I got it or not? Because everybody's looking at you, right? And so I had this. I love mentoring because I was so well mentored, and I had this really neat conversation with these guys that I'd mentored, and they ended up kind of where I wanted to be. They were in Afghanistan and they were doing the work that you I loved and missed it. it. And, and I had this really neat conversation with them that resulted in me just becoming really mellow as I hung up the phone. And my wife, my bride was like, hey, are you okay? I said, I'm really mellow. And I asked her, so why do you think I'm so mellow? <clears throat> and she said, that's because you're an archer now. You're not just an arrow. I was like, what does that mean? Hmm. And she says, an arrow makes a difference wherever it hits. An archer makes a difference wherever it aims. If you want to make a difference, it's better to be an archer than just an arrow. And that's when I realized that I was not, you know, I was, I was so obsessed with impact uh -huh. because that was the currency that I understood that I was failing to rise into this season of influence. And influence is a multiple. Influence, you know, for me, impact is making a, a, a difference at a point, place, and time, right? Mm -hmm. Influence is being able to make a, a multiple, right? And it's it's almost the parable of the talents in a lot of ways, right? And mm -hmm. and so for me, it was this really great moment to realize that God had me where he wanted me and, and, and I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be over there with those guys. I'd probably get them all killed right now. I was like, I can't billy goat up those mountains. Like, I, it's going to be awful, right? So it's just this, it's kind of like this sweet right here moment. Um, for me, and that, that really kind of came from her. And there's, there's, there's dozens of times where she or, or my mother or my sister have just kind of flippantly tossed out this pearl of wisdom as I think it's because of the way the women's brain works right and they just see things that we don't see like i you know i'm, I'm kind of binary it's kind of ones and zeros and and the women in my life see every color on the palette right and it's it's it's, it's really wonderful and it takes both for yeah, sure yeah but for you sure. are where you're supposed to be right and tell us about uh your work since it is Veterans Day, sure. tell us about your work and the two companies that you've started yeah, and yeah. the difference you're making, not only with veterans, right. but also taking your messages into corporate America. Yeah. Well, I'm trying. I mean, you know, I think, I think you got to be willing to um, 
delay the feedback on whether you're making a difference or not because you just got to you just got to try hey, you know my dad said time and tide wait for no man and that's a kind of a consistent thing in the nautical world so I, I don't spend as much time wondering kind of what difference is making as much as I'm just trying to make a difference right mm. um, but I would tell you one of the things I love so we have a holding company called Dreadnought and what Dreadnought does is it manages a small fleet of brands TRG hold fast windage uh, infantry and these are so imagine Dreadnought as an iPhone and these companies as an app. And what companies these, that you've started. Yes. Yeah, so okay. what, one of these so these companies are fictionally effectively what I do is I try to distill and export the most appropriate hard skills, soft skills and experiences of veterans and athletes and the aim small miss small value propositions for companies and leaders and families. And so Dreadnought's mission is to um, work for and with the best leaders in America, create amazing careers for veterans and athletes as they transition using a veteran and athlete's hard skills, soft skills, and experiences, and win the war on veteran and athlete suicide with the power of daily wins and a good day's work. Mm. And I'll, I measure that uh, with the number 81. So we're losing 22 veterans a day to suicide. When you run that, and people ask me, hey, what can one person do? And I go, 1%. If one person just took 1% of a problem, you'd be amazed how many problems we didn't have. So 1% rounded up of 22 times 365 is 81. So I'm on this hunt to create 81 successful transitions uh, for veterans and their transitions families. from from, 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 from being service services into this next chapter of their lives. Let's talk about that. And I, take, I I metric that it's it's as though it's for me it's like positive professional and personal outlook for the next three years. Restore reconciled relationships with people you care about most. Mm -hmm. um, a plan to or the in process of kind of coming back from the byproducts of a, of an impact lifestyle mm -hmm. like from me discovering the center for brain health and, yeah. and john hart and sandy chapman and right. and, and uh all the amazing team down there so for me that's um in intact families uh are restored and reconciled relationships is a really big deal because for me fundamentally um i have always defined myself as rightly or wrongly i've defined myself as a protector and a provider then all of a sudden i come home and my family doesn't necessarily need me to protect them as much because we have amazing law enforcement, amazing uh, first responders, fire and rescue people. So, yeah. so that value proposition to my family wasn't necessarily uh, needed. And then I was struggling with provision, right? Mm -hmm. And so when those two things happen, you begin to question your, you go from fully counting to feeling like you cost, right? Uh -huh. And absent my faith and my family and my friends, you know, I'm just very fortunate to have those things. I remember when I first got out, I would, I would drive around to like banks that I thought might get robbed. I was like, oh, I can stop that, right? <laughs> you remember, remember that, that gorilla broke out of the zoo? I was like, I think I can fight a gorilla. Oh like, my I might gosh. be able to fight a silver. You're just, like, you're just you should, aimed. Because that's how I knew how to measure my contribution. Like, you know, Clint Bruce got out, fought a gorilla, got beat up. But, you know, this is like, and as nonsensical as that sound, I mean, you know, I was used to this fast feedback the brain on, is... hey, you, you, so for me, it's really important to create this currency of, of daily wins, you know, and a good day's work and redefining what those things are, not necessarily in a monetary sense, right? Uh, it could be a bunch of different things. Um, and so in all our companies, we have this really clear language on what a daily win is and what a good day work is, because I think everybody wants to, because if today went okay, you'll give tomorrow a chance. And if you string too many days together that you don't feel like you won or did a good day's work, that's when it gets really dangerous. And that's when I've lost friends that, you know, I just can imagine this, this kind of transaction in someone's head going, hey, maybe everybody would just be better without me. Oh. And I was like, hey, 
and I, I, I we're pretty open about this with, with my friends and the people I care about and with each other. I say, listen, if you ever start wondering if I'm going to be better without you, call me. And I'll tell you, I'm not going to be better without you. Like, I'm, I'm not. And, and, and um, so for me, these companies are a way to uh, recalibrate yeah. and um, come all the way home. I, the way I describe it is there's a difference between here and home. Here is geography. And everybody knows this. This is not unique to the veteran or the athlete, right? Uh, here is geography. It's an X on a map. Home is knowing why you're here, right? That's harder. That's mm-hmm. why so many of us can feel more at home overseas on the side of a mountain, scared next to our uh, – that's why so many athletes can feel more at home on a football field getting sure. chased by a 300-pound angry man, right? Because that's home. That's where our people and our, and our passion and our purpose is. But, but, but it's, it's, it's not fair to our families to not make home home, right? Mm. And I had, to, I had to kind of create a process for myself that – Help me come all the way home. I'm, I'm probably still doing it. I, I think. What is it? What's the so, process? So, so for me, I'm a visual person. So I had this image of my family and friends and people I get to work with were over here, and I was stuck over here. And so there's a door between me and them. And in the military, how do we get through doors? Well, we blow it up. C4. It's fantastic. C4 is amazing. <laughs> right? You can cook with it. You can blow stuff up. It was great. And so C4 for me became a little bit of a, um, a, a phrase and in, in a, in a, in a process, and it stood for career, compete, contribute, and have a catalyst. Because what I realized is until I was in my early 30s, my career was competing against other teams or against the, the enemies of our nation, right, uh, adversaries. Um, so my career was competing. Uh, when I was in the military, that was service, right? And I think contributing is, 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 is pure service. I think there's a hole in our soul they can only be filled up by kind of service to others, right? And the expectation is that I get better every day. That's a catalyst, like hastening towards my end state. So what I found was I was burdening my career with providing only the, the satisfaction that only all four of those things can do collectively. So I just started so I started doing my job, right? Because you, you wouldn't make a movie about 80% of what we did in the SEAL teams anyway. Like, oh, there's Lieutenant Bruce changing the printer paper. <laughs> there's Lieutenant Bruce, like, hitting control all delete over and over again. This thing's broken. This thing's broken. You, you see a bunch of SEALs trying to fix a computer. It's one of the funnier things you've ever seen in life. <laughs> hit control all delete harder. Just hit it harder, right? <laughs> so it's just, Blow it up. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, files are inside the computer. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, you just got to do your job. And you got to provide for yourself and others. And then you got to compete. I think competing um, makes you take yourself seriously uh, in, in a way that very few other things will. Like, I, I couldn't work out just to work out. I couldn't, you know, I, just for me, I, the only way to engage my physicality is to put myself in a position to fail if I didn't train, right? Uh, and then service, I, I just that's really part of carry the load. Carry the load for me was a form of um, taking care of those I loved and missed and, and their families and those they left behind. Um, and then Catalyst was just finding a way to get better every day, reading a book, learning a new language, getting another skill. The brain science on that is pretty fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. And what I found is when I kind of live my life on that C4, and it's ones and zeros. It's not, it's not a letter grade, right? Because if I, if I letter grade myself, I'll never get better than a C because I'm, I'm kind of hypercritical, right? And um, and overly, occasionally I'm overly generous. Most of the time I'm overly critical, right? So I made it binary. It's like, did I, did I show, did I do my job? Not did I do it well, not did I do it my best. Did I, did I do it? Did I compete in something today? One or zero. Did I contribute in some way today? One or zero. Did I, did I do something that made me better every day? And I started stacking these, 
you know, three to four X in a box days. Mm. And what I found is uh, I would fall asleep better. And, mm. and I think I, I, I struggle with sleep. I don't fall, I don't struggle with falling asleep. I struggle with staying asleep, right? Um, but beginning to fall asleep well was a byproduct of being able to, because that was daily wins, right? I had, you know, four daily wins, and I didn't overcomplicate it. I mean, I was born in Arkansas. I don't, it's, I'm not going to make it complicated, <laughs> right? All right. So, and I'm, I'm right with you on yeah. that. I say yeah. I'm a, a simple person. Just for the listener's sake, I want to make sure I've got this. It's C4. Mm-hmm. This is kind of what I love about this is, Clint, we're talking about you going through transition sure. coming out of the service but anyone i mean in my work in working with leaders who are maybe getting ready to retire yeah, 100%. or <laughs> stopping their thoughts about i'm going to stay here the rest of my life and maybe i want to do something different lots of people are in Everybody's transition in transition everybody okay. goes through it right so the four words just tell uh, me career again. career compete compete contribute contribute Catalyst, have catalyst. a catalyst, right? All right, that's and, and, and again, awesome. competing can be really anything. It can be World of Warcraft. It, can, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's just something you invest time in, so you don't look stupid when you fail, right? And you're like, moving forward. You're moving forward. It's, you're it's moving like forward. you want to learn how to run. You sign up for a race. Yeah. Right. And I, I yeah, I try to do these races, and, and I, I would win a couple of them, but I think it's mostly because people thought like a rhino broke out of the zoo or something. <laughs> Uh, uh, coming up behind them, they just dive out of the way. I was like, I won, you know. So, it was like, so but I think competing again, um, just kind of waking these because I missed these parts of me, right? And uh-huh. and competing again woke those parts up again. Like I'd kind of felt like Aslan and that Chronicles of Narnia, where they kind of you know he shaved his mane and filed his teeth and claws down, and and that's what I felt like, right? And then when I started kind of like. Just doing my job mm. and, not, and, and and competing again. It's like my mane and and uh, teeth and claws grow back, right? And that's why I tell veterans, I'm like, hey, listen, a lion's a lion. A tiger's a tiger. A grizzly bear's a grizzly bear. A great white's a great white. You don't change what you are, but you do got to learn to hunt different stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. And use the same. So for me, as, you know, as a, as a linebacker, I hunted the ball carrier. As a special operator, I hunted the bad guy, right? And what I'd realized I was going is I didn't know what I hunted anymore, right? Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, I realized that, hey, I hunt the problems that stand between people and who it is they say they want to be and what it is they say they want to do, as long as it's morally and ethically right, right? And so as I unpacked that, I said, well, there's going to be a point in time where I couldn't hunt the ball carrier the way I wanted to. If I try to play football forever, there's going to be a time where – uh, I, I couldn't do it or I didn't want to do it the way I used to. And that's a disservice to, to me and the game that I love very much. Mm-hmm. The same thing in the SEAL teams, right? It's a, there's going to be a point in time where I couldn't do it as well as I wanted to. And in that situation, it's dangerous for everybody, not just me. Or I didn't want to do it anymore, which that's, I don't want to fall in love with, out of love with the thing I fell in love with, right? And so as I kind of look at this season of life I'm in, and realize that, like, hey, I, I just got to figure out what to hunt. The neat thing about it is I'll, I'll never be too old or too tired to hunt these things. Mm-hmm. I'm like on this infinite hunting ground right now because it's less about physicality. It's more about intellect. Maintaining my physicality is an important part for me. Um, but it's, it's, it's like it's, it's when you, C4 helped me become unleashed in a way that I was probably constrained when my scoreboard was purely physical, right? I love that. You know, in closing, Clint, that's probably for all of us. Yeah. We're always in transition. Yeah. We're always looking for the next thing. We're always solving problems. Sure. 
But what I'm hearing from you is those of you who are in transition, yeah. thinking about the next thing, or truly getting out of something totally like yeah. you did and looking for the next place yeah. to make a difference. Just going through what you said, career, contribute, compete, and what's your catalyst, catalyst yeah. is is a great way to uh, end our session it's about today. Picking that next ridge line. I, I, yeah. I, t I tell people not to, not to interrupt, but just to kind of uh -huh. create a visual on this. I think we're sold by the world that there's this X on a map and that you get to and everything's great, um, and it, and that's not true. And what I think life is is it's this map. And there's these X's on it that are worth going to, and these people that you adventure with towards Jesus until you meet them, and that's it. And so you get to a ridge line, and I love the visual of a ridge line. And ridge line has the best view, and and you get to see everything. And but the problem is you can't really live on a ridge line because it's, it gets the most heat, the the most rain, it gets the worst and the best of everything. So you can't live there. So when you're on a ridge line, you got to kind of choose. Hey, do I go back, mm -hmm. or I just pick? Oh, that looks cool. Let's go there, right? Mm -hmm. And and we we allow ourselves to adventure and be wrong. And, and truthfully, it doesn't really matter if it's the right ridge line or not. Uh, morally and ethically, and it needs to. But if it's a worthwhile ridge line, go and mm -hmm. you'll learn a lot along the way, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's I mean that's what Lord of the Rings is about. Is like everything you learn along the way, right? Maybe mm -hmm. not. Maybe not totally. It's, it's probably about more than that. <laughs> a lot of lessons. I probably just diminished Lord of the Rings. I think lot, you so. need to come back, Clint. There's I love so it. many. It'd be great. There are so many things that you've experienced, and I want the listeners to know that um, you are can be reached yeah. at. Uh, you can go to uh, Clint at holdfasthq.com or c.bruce at tridentresponse.com. Um, LinkedIn's probably the best. It's the that's only a, form, it's the only form of social media I understand. And I haven't figured out I haven't figured out Snapgram or Instachat no. or one of those things. My daughter's like that. It's not Snap. I was like Snapgram, <laughs> like, Snapgram, the ghost thing. Uh, but LinkedIn would probably be the best way of all those. Well, and just to be clear, uh, the things that you are making, the ways you are making such a difference, are in your uh, organization where you're going out you are going out into companies right. sharing really important messages and then the company where you are allowing Managing risk yeah. yes you're yeah. having vets who are combat vets yeah. going out into sports teams yeah. and yeah. companies and then i don't want to forget one other thing and that was and go online listeners and watch uh, a video called carry the load yeah. I served for almost a decade in the special operations community alongside men and women from every branch, every service. And when I came home, missing many of my friends, I came home to a nation that to me felt like it had forgotten the meaning of Memorial Day. I was processing the loss of my friends and my bride encouraged me to do something about it. And the classic military function is a road march. I went home and I pulled my pack out and I filled it full of weight, one pound for every person that I'd lost and I started walking, and it was hot. And that's a whole nother that's topic, amazing. but Clint at one point took stones yeah. for every person that you know was right. lost. Right, a put stone. them in a pack and I started walking. And you know, I think that good pain pushes out bad pain. And this was where in your transition that you this did this? This was very early, this is kind of right after C4, and, 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 and when I was like, hey, I, I need to, my struggle was, there was a Memorial Day, but no one was memorializing my friends. And mm. I needed people to miss my friends. 
because my friends thought they were thought you were worth it and they didn't even know you mm-hmm. so i need you to miss them even though you didn't know them there's symmetry in that and what i found and, and carry the load you know stephen holly runs it now i retired from that because i'm much more of an invasion guy than i'm an occupation like i just i was not the best leader for that this season of carry the load so i just kind of got out of stephen's way because he's remarkable and uh to but you watch started what he's doing, it I, I did i, I you know I'm, I'm a i'm a great snowball starter like in mm-hmm. uh um and it's just amazing to see what the Carry Load team has done with it now. It's an amazing way to make May matter in a way uh, that, that, it, that it always really should have. And so for those of us who would say, you know, Clint, what can I do? One thing that comes to mind is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, mm-hmm. so many companies that I go into mm-hmm. teaching leadership principles, right. many, many, many of them have Carry the Load. Yeah. As Isn't that their amazing? yes, as yeah. their fundraiser because it's uh, one element, and you activate it. Fundamentally, at the end of the day, what Carrie Lowe's asking people to do is walk. Just yep. walk a little while. Mm-hmm. Tell me who you miss. Let me tell you who I miss, and let's just walk, right? And See, I love that. Yeah, because because you can't run and talk. I, I, no. well, let's be really clear. I can't run and talk. I can't. Stephen can run backwards and forwards and carry on a conversation. <laughs> I can't. If we're going to talk, we need to be walking, and, and and so it's just really sweet to watch people. Um, realize that they've either been carried by someone or they're carrying someone and and when we you know uh many hands make for light lifting right and so it's a it's a it's 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 a special thing to see uh carried load and and then what's being done with it now yeah Yeah. it's it's incredible that goes back to impact and influence Influence, and that is an influencer so if you're always if you've been someone like me that says gosh you know we see these vets and we say thank you for their service Mm -hmm. or or we'll say uh well what can i do you know, you really can do something. Yeah, and 100%. I think carry the load is carry one of the amazing. things it's to magic. look into because that is doing it yeah, right. Clint, absolutely. thank you so much for being on the uh, show. It's a pleasure. This is great. It's this is really been great. I can't wait for uh, the comments that you will make. And listen. Hey, no I, bald comments. I know. I don't, <laughs> no bald you don't need, comments. You don't need to tell me. I already know. <laughs> I do watch the comments. I do listen to what you say and I do respond so you make your comments and I think that's really really important so today you have heard a whole lot about um, leaders about transition about just being who you are and staying authentic and if you're interested in coming into my coming into your organizations as well and talking about some of the same things Clint has, you can reach me at Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. Or better yet, just pick up the phone and call me. I'm on LinkedIn, too. Until next time, stay authentic, be real, and just live a wonderful life, purposeful. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.